This week on Geek Explained, it's October and my voice is still wrecked, so let's talk about Daredevil. Welcome back to Geek Explain, the podcast for comics, film, TV, and more. You name it, we Geek Explain it. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and it is October. Uh, that means that season three of Netflix's Daredevil is dropping, I think, in two weeks, one week? It's, it's sometime in the next week or a week and a half or something like that. And um, I wanted to kind of talk about it. Uh, but I figured instead of just doing, you know, some kind of humdrum recap on the last two seasons and Defenders, I could talk to you guys about the story that seems to be inspiring the uh, this season of Daredevil. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Netflix has been uh, killing it with the superhero shows for years now, but the crown jewel for the uh, Netflix Marvel Universe, I guess, is, uh, is, has, and always will be Daredevil. Um, and, uh, season three has been kept under wraps a lot. Uh, we really didn't, uh, have an official release date until I want to say like two weeks ago. And, uh, people were very tight-lipped about it, about what the plot details were, um, when it was coming out, what's going to happen to these characters, uh, where Matt was after the events of the Defenders show. So um, they've dropped, I think, two trailers, and I'm hyped. I'm super, super hyped. If you haven't seen the trailers already, go on YouTube, check those out. They are fantastic. And it looks like, I don't want to make any, you know, I don't want to call my shot before it happens, but it looks like we're going to be getting the debut of Bullseye in this series. So I'm really excited about it, but talking about the comic, because this podcast is about comics, film, TV, and more, um, it seems that at least from the uh, from the trailers and from what uh, certain people on the creative team have said in interviews that this season season three is going to be drawing a lot from the uh old daredevil story born again born again was a uh storyline in the mainline daredevil comic it was written by frank miller with art by david mazzuccelli that team together is magic they just are uh they also work together on batman year one and the team just reading through this again because i realized after i uh decided i wanted this to be my uh i wanted this to be a topic that i talked about and to kind of prep myself for the season i realized i didn't have a copy of this so <laughs> i had to i quickly went on amazon uh picked up the uh, newest i guess edition of the trade and uh, this is where I would do a uh, quick plug for Amazon if they were uh, sponsoring me. So Amazon, get on that. I would love to have you as a sponsor. Um, so yeah, this is a 
one of the seminal stories of Daredevil. Uh, the other one I would probably say is um, Daredevil Man Without Fear, also written by uh, Frank Miller, but drawn by uh, John Romita Jr., another classic story. But I really wanted to talk to you guys about this because this has so much going on in this book. Um, if you haven't read it before, we are going to be talking about spoilers in this, so if you do not want to be spoiled, if you want to read the book and then come back, feel free, pause it here, come back, and uh, we'll talk about some Daredevil Born Again. But this story is so good, and I, you forget just how good Frank Miller is, or was, because um, he was just, he was a genius. He was a what people would call a uh, a comics maverick where he was doing the things that kind of went against the grain of what uh, most comics were doing at the time and he really made his name off of doing that with characters like daredevil with batman and you you kind of forget about that uh nowadays because everybody's basically like oh fuck. you know crazy uncle frank is just like writing you know dark knight three know the master race and it's just nonsense and it's just ridiculousness but um this was at a point where frank miller was just firing on all cylinders and this story is one of his best just period across all of the things he's written this is one of his best because this is not just a um a typical superhero story this is a character piece on matt murdoch as much as as it is a character piece on wilson fisk and for those of you who have watched the past two seasons of daredevil you know that vincent d'onofrio's wilson fisk is a standout for that show he and charlie cox who plays matt murdoch aka daredevil are really the heart and soul of that show and i I'm just I'm super excited to be jumping back in with these characters in this world. Um, the last few seasons of uh, the Netflix shows, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, have been varying degrees of okay to meh. Um, out of the past three, see, out of the those last three seasons, um, I would probably say that Jessica Jones was uh, the standout, my favorite out of the three. Uh, we also got news recently that Iron Fist has officially been canceled. There will be no season three of that, which is fine. That's fine with me. <laughs> um, I watched season two and I, you know, it was much better than season one. It was, but the ending made me so angry that I was, I was ready for it to be over. And um, I, I'm just, I'm ready to get back into the show that any everyone has basically said is the best so um i'm just i'm ready so and if you haven't noticed already my voice is just all over the place um i guess i'll do the plug right here uh this entire month of october i have been working with uh, warner brothers studios in burbank on their horror made here halloween experience um, if you haven't been, it's kind of similar to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, but featuring all of um, 
of Warner Brothers horror IPs. So we're talking like The Exorcist, The Conjuring Universe, uh, It. We even have a, my personal favorite, the uh, a horror maze strictly dedicated to Arkham Asylum based off of the video game series. So it's super fun. It's super cool. Um, it's running for two more weekends, uh, Thursday through Sunday. Get your tickets at horrormadehere.com. It's wonderful, but... It has been killer on my voice. I am, uh, I am just trying as much vocal rest as possible. Um, all the ricola that I can pop like candy, all the tea and the soup that I can consume to continue my voice to uh, try and keep from losing it. Uh, it is not working so well as you could probably hear but um i want to make sure that i'm still getting out content for you guys i love doing this podcast and i've been getting a lot of great great uh feedback from you all about this podcast the episodes we've been doing um i just checked and our uh, our big 25th episode the first edition of pitch it where i pitched the uh my version of a solo spider-man film uh just jumped this past week uh just went over just 60 listens in the matter of like a few days so i'm super excited i'm really glad that you guys are enjoying it uh feel free to continue listening and if you haven't listened to that episode go back it's one of my favorite episodes i've done i really got to build a spider-man film from the ground up and i think you'll enjoy it but that's spider-man that's other episodes this episode is focused on daredevil and the story born again so the uh basic premise behind this is that Karen Page, who is played by Deborah Ann Wall in the uh, Netflix show, has kind of fallen down a hole. Uh, once at this point, she dated Matt Murdock in the comics, and they had a breakup. She fell into drugs and um, porn, and she uh, is currently at the beginning of this living in Mexico, um, just addicted to heroin just drugged out of her mind and she is looking for a quick fix so she has no money so she decides that the most valuable thing that she can offer up is the identity of daredevil so she tells this drug pusher that daredevil is matt murdoch this information makes its way from mexico all the way to the heart of new york and get and it gets in the hands of one wilson fisk so at this point kingpin now knows that daredevil is matt murdoch and decides to go after not daredevil the vigilante but matt murdoch the man and this this entire story is just a systematic dismantling of who matt murdoch is as a person um he starts off by getting matt disbarred from being a lawyer um he blows up his apartment building he accuses he has different people accuse him of paying off witnesses so it's just picking wings off of a off of a butterfly when it comes to kingpin and ruining matt murdoch's life and this story features um a lot a lot of different characters in his 
larger universe. We get appearances from Karen. We get appearances from Foggy. At this point in the series, he's dating this Irish woman named Glory, who is interesting, and she's... I mean, I'm not super familiar with her as a character. I just know that she starts the uh, story as Matt's girlfriend, and over the course of the story itself, they have a falling out, and she ends up dating Foggy, which, not cool. Not cool, dude. But, um... It's really interesting because you get to see what makes Matt Murdock Matt Murdock. Because there's a point where things start to go wrong for Matt Murdock and Daredevil isn't sure what's going on, how his um, who's trying to ruin his life, what's going on with people trying to basically take his livelihood away. So he goes mad a little bit. There's scenes of him like busting into like uh, low-life thug bars and just kicking everyone's ass. They didn't do anything, at least in that instance, but he's just like beating the crap out of people and just saying, you know, who knows anything about Matt Murdock? And just, just going insane, just becoming paranoid and all this stuff. And meanwhile, Kingpin is just sitting in his ivory tower. I don't know... Oh, there's, there's really only one face-to-face -face interaction with Kingpin and Matt Murdock. The rest of the story, he is up in his ivory tower in his offices, at a sauna, um, being um, honored at some like award ceremony. Like They are so far apart from each other, but they are so close together when it comes to how intimately Kingpin is ruining Matt's life. And we really get to see what happens when you strip everything away from Matt Murdock and leave only Daredevil. Um, Matt just is at the lowest of lows. And Karen, who realizes what she's done, makes her way through to uh, up to New York through really seedy back channels, deals with this guy Paolo. And there's just a lot to unpack. Um, Wilson Fisk is marvelous in this uh he is again just cold calculating there's one point where um some guy in his uh in his i guess inner council like objects to something he's doing and then he says you know i'm so sorry i won't i won't speak up to you again he's like no i won't because you're fired and he leaves and then after he leaves wesley who is still alive in this story goes up to uh kingpin and he basically tells him you know he's the guy who just left he's going on a ski trip with his family and wilson fisk not even just not even skipping a beat not even looking at wesley says compound fracture both legs basically putting a hit out on this guy to teach him not to disagree with the kingpin and he's so just so cold and so cool and this is kingpin at his best because he has so many connections so many um just ways that he can hurt somebody legally as well as illegally and you get to see him at his scariest because he's someone who has the system behind him so it's really interesting you get to see Matt just get again dismantled just taken apart and we also get to see his relationships with everyone around him deteriorate he because of everything going so wrong with him he starts to become incredibly paranoid and starts to believe that Foggy is in on it um, he starts to believe that Glory is in on it which is what drives them apart from each other and kind of drives 
uh, Glory and Foggy to each other. And we really get to see Foggy be a really good guy in this story, you know, besides dating his best friend's ex. Um, it's just, it's, it's a really good look into his world. We also get some, um, we also get some appearances from people in the greater Marvel universe. They bring in Nuke, who is this ridiculous villain, um, who, for those of you who know, uh, Agent Simpson from the, uh, from the two Jessica Jones seasons, that's Nuke. That's the character Nuke in the comics. He is a little bit more unhinged, so it's really interesting. The gov because Kingpin has so many connections, he calls in favors from the U.S. government, and they bring in Nuke to basically take out Matt Murdock. And so we get appearances from the Avengers. We get this entire issue where um, Captain America is trying to figure out what Nuke's deal is. So he breaks into a military facility, and one of my favorite favorite parts of this story is Captain America, after having broken into this military facility, sits down at this computer to try and get um, information on who Nuke is, why he's been set after Daredevil, and what his relationship is to the Kingpin. And you see him just at this computer and he's sitting there going, I have no idea what these buttons do. And as a Captain America fan, that made me incredibly happy to just see this guy who has no idea about modern technology just having to try and get information the old-fashioned way, but realizing that the days of file cabinets are over. So we get a pretty lengthy uh, appearance from him. Um, we do have, at a certain point... Um, Wilson Fisk tries to frame Daredevil, where he gets this complete psychopath, dresses him up as Daredevil, and sends him to try and kill uh, Karen and Foggy. And so we get Matt fighting this fighting Daredevil on the roof of this building, which, if you saw the trailers, there's a familiar... Uh, that sounds familiar to you. And I'm just... I'm excited to see that aspect of it, but in the comic, it's not Bullseye. It's just some random crazy guy who's just kind of good at fighting. But all in all, this is an excellent, excellent show for Matt Murdock. Of course, by the end, um, he is able to use Nuke as the kind of tipping point in his favor he brings him to ben yurik who has an amazing arc in this story ben yurik who is a fan favorite character both in um in the marvel comics as well as the i want to say the first season of daredevil um and man ben yurik is so good <laughs> there's a reason he's one of the most consistently used and consistently well-written characters in the marvel universe he is ben yurik he is a reporter and that's all he is and you see him trying to get the to the bottom of all of the stuff that's going on whatever else is happening in daredevil's life and you see kingpin trying to throw roadblocks in his way sending someone after him to break his finger so that he can't type you know all of these different things and seeing a normal person who ben yurik is he has no special abilities he has no special connections other than just basic media connections 
watching him take a stand against Kingpin, even as Kingpin tries to threaten his life on multiple occasions using multiple agents, is really inspiring and almost as inspiring, if not more so, than Matt coming back from his entire world being torn down around him. So, of course, by the end of this, we do get um, Matt and Karen reuniting, which is a beautiful, beautiful, just full splash page where they are just embracing each other. Karen is sobbing because she is just weighed down by everything she's done, and they're sobbing in the middle of the snow. It's powerful and it's breathtaking and again david mazzicelli on art is so good and he is able to convey such emotion in people's faces that you kind of um you kind of forgive the fact that the comic is quite old um it i want to say gosh it had to have come out like mid 80s i think and it's it's inspiring seeing stories like this and when you look back throughout the entire history of daredevil as a character we've gotten a lot of great great runs from him mark wade is one that stands out to me personally and this is something that you can have no um prior knowledge of daredevil other than that he's a blind lawyer and that he fights crime as daredevil and you can go into this and just watch the kingpin set his world on fire and it is one of the best daredevil comics i've ever read so that is going to be it from me just a quick little review of this if you have not read this before i implore you please please read this it's so good and it'll get you prepped for season three of netflix's daredevil um it's pretty obvious that it's not going to be the exact same story but there are definitely elements from the story that are going to be incorporated there um i just wanted to do a quick uh quick little mini episode this isn't going to be a full length episode just because i don't know if my voice can uh support that but um yeah overall daredevil born again amazing um if i had to give it a really arbitrary rating system i would probably give it a 4.5 out of 5 um there are a couple points where it drags for me a lot of the foggy stuff i think is while good for his character a little unnecessary um and it's i for me it ends kind of anticlimactically there's no like final battle or some large giant set piece that solves everything but by the end of the story um kingpin is starting to get some comeuppance and matt has settled back in with karen and he's starting to rebuild his life so definitely check this out um it's an amazing amazing story and i think you'll really enjoy it and that is daredevil born again all right, so a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I looked up the actual release date for Daredevil since I recorded the main part of this episode, and um, it's actually coming out like on Friday, <laughs> uh, Friday uh, the nineteenth of October. So uh, literally three days from now, um, 
or I guess two days from now, since uh, this is going up on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, so I'm super excited, again, uh, for that season that is coming up. But uh, right now, we are going to jump into uh, This Week in Comics. So This Week in Comics is a segment for this podcast where I tell you about my picks for what comics you should go and pick up from your local comic book shop or download from whatever uh, comics app that you read. And we're going to start off with, coincidentally enough, a Daredevil comic. So uh, Daredevil number 609, written by Charles Sewell with art by Phil Noto. Uh, I thought this is topical, actually, because this is right smack dab in the storyline of essentially Daredevil versus Wilson Fisk, that just timeless story, except a new wrinkle is kind of uh, set into this where Wilson Fisk is now the mayor of New York. So um, I'll jump into the synopsis and we can talk a little bit about it. The 11th hour draws near as Matt Murdock prepares to square off against the kingpin of crime. Matt is forced to ask himself how long he can take hits against the ropes as Daredevil before he has to hang up the horns. But first, Matt will have to embark on a crusade to free the city of New York from Wilson Fisk's mayoral reign. So yeah, um, ever since the events of Secret Empire, Wilson Fisk has been the mayor of New York, and that has made life for Matt Murdock very, very difficult. So um, this is kind of... I think the issue that is going to start to build to a final confrontation between the two, and if you are as excited as I am about the upcoming season, then I think it's going to be a good good book to pick up this week. Uh, next up, we have Nightwing number 51, uh, written by Benjamin Percy, with art by uh, Chris Mooneyham, Mike Perkins, and Travis Moore. Um, this is a continuation off of the... Uh, storyline that's going on in his comic right now uh, following the events of Batman number 55 where he was shot in the head by a KG Beast and is back in Bloodhaven kind of doing this weird like he has like something has like wires have crossed in his mind so he has a new personality uh, Nightwing number 50 featured this new Nightwing where he is like He's calling himself Rick, which is super weird. His head is shaved. He's kind of like an asshole now. But um, I'm still going to pick it up. I'm still interested in what they're going to do. I hope that soon we start to get aspects of the old Dick Grayson back. Uh, I'm all for changing up characters um, and introducing new and exciting ways to tell stories about them as some of you know who have listened to the podcast for a little while, Superior Spider-Man is my favorite version of Spider-Man. So um, I'm interested in this. I just I hope they don't go too far into almost making him a Jason Todd clone because Jason Todd is also going through kind of a uh, an image um, change where he's going back to being a brutal killing vigilante. But um, here's the synopsis for Nightwing. 
while Nightwing struggles to uncover the truth behind the fear germ that is killing people in their sleep, he must also try to overcome his own sudden struggles with heights and vertigo. He has lost his primary skill set as a hero and will have to focus on his brilliance as a detective instead. And a distracting love triangle certainly isn't helping him focus. This new storyline spins out of events in Batman number 55. Don't miss the start of a new direction in Nightwing's crime-fighting career. So yeah, uh, the synopsis is a little confusing because Nightwing has never been what I would call the greatest detective. Um, and kind of taking away his uh, athleticism, his gymnastics ability is going to be an interesting wrinkle in his story. So... Pick this up. Um, this is going to be a, a tentative uh, trial run for this book. Uh, next up, we have uh, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 311. Uh, this is a tie-in to the Spider-Geddon event, and this is also the debut of the new uh, creative team for Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, formerly of uh, Chip Zdarsky. And um, it's weird it's weird because chip was doing such a great job on that book and was so good at what he was doing that i'm really sad that he's not going to be on the book anymore um but i think we're going to be at least just from the look of the cover we're going to be experiencing a new uh kind of fresh take for the book which i guess is good for any book after it's been going for a little while but um here's the here's the synopsis Few spider-villains fill Peter Parker with fear at the mere mention of their name. Morloon is one that gets Peter quaking. The Inheritors are back, and Morloon has set his sights on Peter Parker and Peter Parker alone, and will not rest until he's destroyed the one spider who has ever bested him. So yeah, if you didn't uh, pick up Spider-Geddon number one, the Inheritors are back, and they are now, instead of coming out of Loom World, their own separate world in the multiverse, they are now on the main 616 Earth, so bad times are coming for Peter Parker and his friends. So this is, gonna, again, a tie-in to the larger event where it looks like it's going to be more of a one-on-one -on -one battle between Morloon and Pete, and this is how our Peter Parker, I think this is going to be his... Um, his gateway into the Spider-Geddon event because it's mainly been about other spider characters throughout the uh, multiverse. So I'm interested in this. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, next up, we're jumping back to DC for Justice League number 10, uh, written by Scott Snyder with art by Francis Manipal. Manipal is one of my favorite artists, and Scott Snyder is, of course, one of my favorite writers. And this is... Um, the beginning of the next big arc for Justice League called The Drowned Earth. Uh, it's going to be very Aquaman-focused, which I'm sure is by design since Aquaman is coming out next month. But um, yeah, so here's the synopsis. The road to Drowned Earth begins when Wonder Woman learns that Cheetah gained new powers and killed the Greek sea god Poseidon, that sets Aquaman off on a search for answers, bringing him into conflict with an entity known as the Flood, a herald for long-dead ocean gods with an ancient grudge against Poseidon, Atlantis, and, well, everyone else on Earth. Who are these guys? Some very big fish, and you know what big fish do? Eat smaller fish like Aquaman and his Justice League buddies.
So, um, I think it's so funny because the, the synopsis sounds really cool for me up until it kind of falls apart at the end where it's talking about what do big fish do and the Justice League buddies. I just, I don't know. Um, I'm liking the baritone in my voice that I'm getting for uh, while my voice is kind of blah. But um, yeah, so pick this up. Definitely, if you've been enjoying the Justice League book so far, I am sure that this is going to continue on with the quality of the book. Uh, next up, we have Thor number six. I want to talk about quality. Uh, with, of course, written by Jason Aaron with art now by Christian Ward. That, um, of course, covers by Asad Ribic, who is one of the best. Uh, this is continuing on from last issue, Thor number five, where... Um, we're kind of jumping millions of years into the future where Thor is one of the only people left in the universe. He just uh, kind of reignited the flame of humanity on Earth, and we are now... Uh, he is going to team up with the Phoenix, who is now inhabiting Old Man Logan, uh, and they are about to go up against Doctor Doom, who I think at this point now has like the powers of Galactus or something. So uh, here's the synopsis. All Father Thor faces his doom. If you thought Old Man Phoenix was crazy, then wait till you see what we've done to Marvel's greatest villain. It's the end of the universe and the return of Doctor Doom, a doom more powerful than anything that has ever lived. Get ready for the greatest battle the far future has ever seen, as old King Thor and the Phoenix Wolverine stand together at the end of time against an army of monsters and the final doom. So of course Doctor Doom, I think personally, is the best villain in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he's just he's got so many layers. He's such a deep, deep character. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Jason Aaron has done to him in this far-flung future. And of course, Old Man Logan wielding the Phoenix along with a tired All-Father Thor, who is looking more and more like Odin every day. Uh, I'm I'm excited for this. I'm in for this, of course. And finally, we have Batman number 57, written by Tom King with art by Tony S. Daniel. Uh, Tom King has been getting a lot of heat lately with uh, what's going on with Nightwing, as I said earlier, him getting shot in the head, along with um, Heroes in Crisis. It's it's been a it's been a tough year for Tom King, but he is soldiering forward and he is continuing on his plans. And I you gotta respect somebody who sticks to their guns. Uh, I've been really enjoying Tom King's writing with all the books that he's been involved in. So I'm looking forward to this. This is I think the wrap up for the story that started off in uh, Batman number fifty five. It's we're we're heading towards the final confrontation between batman and kg beast batman is on the warpath uh to I, i'm assuming get revenge for nightwing being injured and almost killed so here's the synopsis the kg beast isn't working alone as the cold war between batman and the russian killer heats up batman's nose for mystery gets to twitching when he suspects there's more to the kg beast's attacks than initially thought not only does this tie back to the court case bruce wayne sat on involving mr freeze there's another villainous gotham ghoul in play but whom so 
this is really interesting because I didn't think that this story with the KG Beast would tie back to the uh, court case from Batman number 51 and 52 in um, one of the or two of the most beautiful books of Batman drawn by the incomparable Lee Weeks. And I am I'm excited to see how they connect it. Uh, of course, we know that for the big 100-issue run that Tom King is doing, that Bane is kind of his, uh, his big bad, which I am, of course, always down for, since Bane is one of, if not my favorite, uh, Batman rogue. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing if he's connected or if somebody else is connected. Um, Tony S. Daniel has been killing it on the art. I've been really interested in seeing him drawing the Hush era suit, though I am, I think I'm ready to move on to a new suit for him. The cover is depicting the suit in tatters, so I can only assume that the uh, next storyline, if not the end of this book, will show us the next bat suit that he's going to be wearing. Possibly the one that he is sporting in uh, in Doomsday Clock, or uh, also the kind of first looks we've gotten at uh, the Three Jokers story by Jeff Johns. So I'm interested. Of course, I'm going to pick this up. I've been loving every issue from Tom King, except for the wedding issue, but that's on me for getting invested. But I'm looking forward to this, and I think you guys will be too. So uh, to recap, we've got Batman number 57, um, Daredevil number 609, Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man number 311, we have Justice League number 10, we have Thor number 6, and we have Nightwing number 51. Um, again, thank you for uh, sticking with me and my voice. I am going to uh, send us off a little early just because I don't think my voice is going to hold up for much longer. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I know it's been kind of rough dealing with this, uh, this baritone voice in your ears, but I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I just looked at some of the... Um, statistics for listening and i've found that we have uh we have listeners from all over the world which is crazy um i'll probably get into it more later when my voice sounds better but um i just found out that we have listeners in ireland we have listeners in the philippines i'm just i'm really excited uh so if you are in any of these countries listening right now uh feel free to reach out to me uh in an email or on Twitter, uh, you can find us at Geeksplained Pod. That's at Geeksplained P O D on Twitter. You can also send us emails because I'm an old man and I still read emails. You can send any and all emails to Geeksplained at gmail.com. I love talking to you guys. I love getting to start conversations about geeky stuff. And I am looking forward to continuing on with our podcast Oktoberfest. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Um, but yeah, I'm going to wrap it up here. So for Geek Explain, this is Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. <laughs>